Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. Portland CSL. <laughs> so happy to be here. I'm feeling like I'm almost an honorary member. I've been coming yeah. so often. <laughs> and that's awesome. Um, so I bring you greetings from Camp Cedar Ridge. If you have never seen or met me before or never uh, heard of Camp Cedar Ridge, I guess I should fill you in on that. Um, so it is a camp about an hour or so from here, um, and we the camp is owned by the Center for Spiritual Living. Camp Cedar Ridge is its own 501c3, which leases the property from the Center for Spiritual Living, and we engage in retreats and camps and weddings and banquets and picnics and all sorts of things. So it's important for you to know that as we move forward because we'll be uh, referencing uh, camp throughout the talk, and so you should know what, what we're talking about, in case, in case you don't. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. All right, so this month's topic is living as wholeness, and this week's theme is in the name of wholeness, enriching the world, and as you heard, um, I use the title, It Only Takes a Spark. Uh, to express that sentiment. And so what we're going to talk about today is that when we take care of our own flame and clear consciousness, we contribute to global healing. And so by virtue of our holy place in the universe, we are charged with the world's enrichment. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And sometimes that does feel a little bit more difficult than other times. There are a lot of things going on in the world, and there may be a sense of heaviness about some of that. And so it's a particularly good time, I think, to uh, review this topic. So what I'd like to invite you to do, if you've got a piece of paper, um, maybe the program you could write on the back, something like that, I'm going to tell you the affirmation for today. And if you want to scribble it down, um, I'm going to invite you throughout the talk to repeat it. And so it might be helpful if you had it written down. So totally up to you. Um, but here's today's affirmation. My awareness of my oneness with the universe inspires me to shine my light for the enrichment of the world. So let's say it one more time. My awareness of my oneness with the universe inspires me to shine my light for the enrichment of the world. 
All right, so for this talk to make sense, I have to explain to you my analogy of source as a prism. Okay, so um, the way that I like to envision this is as, as if the source, divine, creative energy behind the universe were a prism hanging up above us for all to see around the world. And if you can envision a prism, you can envision how that, that glass is cut in different ways. And so if I'm standing where I am now in the United States with our particular cultural uh, milieu, with the religion that we are most familiar with and so forth, I'm going to look at that and I'm gonna see a particular cut of glass. And I'm gonna be able to see that in a way that somebody looking at that prism from another direction may not fully appreciate. They're seeing their cut through their uh, cultural and religious viewpoint. And so that's one of the reasons why um, you've probably heard at this center or others, people say we honor all paths to God, especially the one that you are on. You are seeing your particular cut of that prism and rather than standing in our rightness, my view of my side of that cut is the right one. Your view of your side of that cut is the wrong one. And then we fight about it. Uh, the other way to look at that is to say, if I talk to you about what you're seeing and on and on and on, then we all have a more perfect view of what the prism, kind of like that analogy about the I'm sure you've all heard the, the elephant, the blind people with the elephant, and one touches the uh, foot, one touches the trunk, and one touches the tail, and they each have a different experience of what the elephant looks like, and they're each convinced that they are correct. But only by talking to everyone else do they fully get a picture of what that, the elephant looks like. And so for me, that is how, that's how source works as well. When I talk to you about what you see and what you experience, I get a better uh, understanding of, what, of the true essence of source. Okay, so that's important to, the, to where we're going. Um, so Ernest Holmes, um, the author of Science of Mind says, the spark which burns at the center of our souls is caught from the living and eternal flame of spirit. Our charge then is to recognize and, exp and express this divine spark of wholeness. We kindle this flame by living from our own divine center, recognizing it in others, working for our community and in the world, and looking to great way showers, fire starters, <laughs> to inspire us and guide us. We're gonna go to the affirmation. My awareness of my oneness with the universe inspires me to shine my light in the enrichment of the world. Thank you. So at Camp Cedar Ridge, we have a lot of campfires. And one of our employees' job is to be the fire starter. So if you've been to Camp Cedar Ridge, you probably know Jason. Jason is our fire starter. He has a whole technique around this, right? So he builds the kindling and the fire in a certain way, and we have a, uh, something that we use, an accelerant called fire starter, that we put on the fire. And we make it so 
that no matter what your experience with fires is, all you have to do is light a flame, touch it, and boom, you've got a campfire. There's no building, there's no blowing on it, there's nothing. We make it super easy for you, okay? And so, um, that is how, that analogy is how when we take care of our own consciousness, we are making it easier for that flame to spark and to spread. All right, so if you know this song, I'm gonna invite you uh, to, to join in with me, right? So. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and soon all those around can warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you experience it, you spread this love to everyone. We want to pass it on. Okay, very classic. <laughs> very classic camp song. Okay, now, part of the reason why I wanted to, to uh, introduce that is that you may have had two experiences um, with that song. One, you may have uh, memories of, of childhood or some time when you um, were, had experience with that song. And so for those of you who have that experience, maybe you're tasting the taste of s'mores in the back of your mouth right now, and you have warm memories of singing this song around a campfire, and probably the next song up was Kumbaya after that, right? <laughs> There's another way of looking at that song, especially for people who have been, who have experienced trauma in their childhood religion, right? So that song could also uh, make you echo back to the idea that that is early brainwashing, right? Uh, from a religion that reinforces imperialistic, capitalistic, patriarchal, ideology, I've got something to pass on to you, right? That could be another way that that could be heard. And part of our taking care of our own consciousness and therefore taking care of the world is being able to understand that people have different perspectives. There's no one way to interpret that song or any other song. There's no one way to experience life, just like I was talking about with the prisms. But how we, when we take care of ourselves, we work on our own internal healing, and we attempt to communicate with others and hear where they're coming from, that is where healing uh, begins. Um, okay, so on, along the lines of that religion, um, aspect. So you may be aware that in New Thought or in Centers for Spiritual Living, we don't have a custom of proselytizing. Right? So our approach is that we shine a light. And if people see that light and come close and ask about it, we're happy to share it. But we don't hit people over the head with it. Right? So there's um, some people have experienced this a little bit like, have a light. 
All the cool kids are doing it. If you don't take the light, you'll be sorry. If you don't take the light, I will force you to take the light. And so for many people, their uh, response to that is like, dude, get off me. You know, you're, you're, it's, that's too much. Um, but for us, the spiritual truth of wholeness is the foundation to our world and its residents. As citizens of this holy place, as fire starters, we are charged with holding the world in the light of peace, prosperity, perfect right action, and wholeness. We share this love intelligence with the collective consciousness of humankind, and we do good work in the world. To perceive our world as whole and to enrich the atmosphere of a shared life, we must first cultivate a sense of wholeness within ourselves. We release perceptions of separation or insufficiency about our own life, and we instill the world with our energetic vibration of unity in this consciousness, and we are able to share with love, passion, and dynamic activeness with everyone. We must be clear about our own inherent wholeness and our identity as we hear false notions and misconceptions about ourselves we contribute as we heal i'm sorry as we heal false notions and misconceptions about ourselves we contribute to the healing of the planet you may have heard the phrase hurt people hurt people heal people heal people but it's never black and white like that people aren't all hurt are all healed. They're all variations. They're all on their journey. So we're constantly in a process of acknowledging our own hurt, working on ourselves, working to heal ourselves. And as we engage in that in a rigorous way, we contribute to the healing of the planet. As I was preparing this talk, <clears throat> um, I was doing some meditation. And at camp, I live in a trailer, uh, the glories of the big positions in life. <laughs> and um, it w the trailer, our, my trailer has a very loud uh, heater. <clears throat> so loud that sometimes I have to go do Zoom somewhere else because it's, it's so loud. So I was meditating, and I was listening to some music uh, for this, and the heater kicked on. <clears throat> and it completely extinguished the sound of the, of the music I was listening to. And I sat there for a few minutes thinking, wow, the music is still playing, but I can't hear it. That's a really interesting metaphor. Because some, the song of life, the song of energy is always playing. The song of divine inspiration is always playing. But sometimes we can't hear it. And in that situation, we have two choices. We can try to lower the noise, or we can try to raise the song. And so in, in our tradition, there are some ways that we raise the song, right? Things like, uh, you know, we take classes, we engage in prayer, we may see our practitioner, and in that sense, we try to raise the, the song so we can hear it. Sometimes we try to lower the noise by meditating, um, being in nature, grounding in nature, walking a labyrinth, uh, things like that. 
But the important thing is to remember that whether we can consciously hear it right now, we know that that music is playing. And sometimes what we need to do is go to a friend and say, could you hum a few bars? <laughs> um, Ernest Holmes said, what the world needs is spiritual conviction followed by spiritual experience. I would rather see a student of science of mind prove this principle than to have him repeat all the words of wisdom that have ever been uttered. In this spirit, we see our earth home as whole and then prove this worldview by taking action. Our work, our service, and our relationships are carried out in spiritual certainty. So now I want to read a little from the CSL uh, vision statement. We envision all people, all beings, and all life as expressions of source energy. Okay, I said source energy because I am one of those people that, hasn't, that doesn't really like to use the word God. And the reason is because there's just so much baggage around that. Um, and so just for clarity, I, I tend not to use it. So when I say source or source energy, the, the text actually does say God, but I, I've replaced it for the purpose of this talk. So we envision all people, all beings, and all life as expressions of source energy. We see a world in which every person lives in alignment with his or her highest spiritual principle, emphasizing unity with source, and connection with each other. A world in which individually and collectively we are called to a higher state of consciousness and action. We envision a world that works for everyone. Now, I know that this creating a world that works for everyone or envisioning a world that works for everyone is sometimes a little controversial because of the sense of our understanding that the world is not working for everyone. And so sometimes this phrase sounds as if it is coming from a place of privilege. And I, I understand that perspective. But I want to say that just as the phrase, all men are created equal, was aspirational, is aspirational, because at the time that it was said, it was not true in the sense of how people were being treated. All men are created equal. People are created equal. All beings are created equal. All beings do not have equal opportunity and equal access then and now, right? But it, it is aspirational. It is something that we look to. It lifts us to a higher idea. And when we envision a world that works for everyone, we know that it is not working right now, but we lift our eyes to that goal. And I think another part of that is the, what does work mean? <laughs> That's another question, right? A world that works for everyone. What does, what does the word, what does work mean? And so, so I'm going to offer, this is my own definition, not, 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 not sanctioned by CSL, just, it's just my idea. I think works means life affirming. In a place where race, class, gender, sexual orientation, nationality, and education are not excuses for oppression. 
where our collective consciousness values both individuals and the community and the spiritual truth of wholeness and the spiritual truth of wholeness is the foundation of our world and its residents. For me, that would be the world working for everyone. And so getting back to this idea of uh, it only takes a spark um, and the idea of collective community um, at Camp Cedar Ridge, one of the things that we work on is community. Because there are very few places that we have in our society that are kind of like a third place. A place that is not work, a place that is not home, a place that we can safely interact with people in a, on a longer uh, timeline. So, you know, many people will, will save and work all year to go on a retreat of a couple of days, and that does build fellowship. But when people are at camp for longer periods of time, um, when our volunteers and, and summer employees or that kind of thing are with us, we, we are engage in this feeling of community. And when people leave us, often what they will say is what they miss about camp is they miss being part of that community because that, that's such an essential part of our need as human beings because it's, it, we take care of ourselves and we take care of the community. So I want to illustrate a little bit about It Only Takes a Spark uh, and how this community has contributed to Camp Cedar Ridge. So I know we don't have a whole lot of folks here today. I'm sure that has to do with the holidays. But I think there are enough people to uh, demonstrate what I want to do. So if you have been a volunteer, if you have worked at Camp Cedar Ridge, if you have been a guest at Camp Cedar Ridge, if you have been the practitioner of the week for Camp Cedar Ridge, if you painted rocks to go into the labyrinth at Camp Cedar Ridge, if you have been a guest at Camp Cedar Ridge for some, any reason whatsoever, I want you to stand up. So thank you very much for your contribution. That's fantastic. And it just shows how one, each one of you, each one of your flames has contributed to the whole at Camp Cedar Ridge. And I just want to thank you so much. And I think that um, you are letting me know that we are wrapping up. And so, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Okay, gotcha. I was like, okay, the hook. I'm getting the hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I yes. So I two years ago there was no Camp Cedar Ridge, right? And now there Camp Cedar. Oh, that's why I brought this up. Lost my lost my train of thought there, Catherine. So this is the. Um, calendar that we made for next year for Camp Cedar Ridge. And I brought it up because it has a lovely summary in the back of things. Um, so two years ago, there was no Camp Cedar Ridge. This, this was printed a few months ago, so it's a little outdated. But uh, in our first 15 months, we worked with 112 groups, 35 youth camps, 13 family all-age camps, 22 adult 
retreats, 28 weeks of outdoor school, 19 sports camps, 17 school-related camps, 11 weddings, six corporate picnics, 21 faith groups, for a total of 11,426 people served. And each one of you, through your dedication to this community, has been a spark that has helped for where, where we're going to, to uh, what's in that? I don't want to blossom, burn, grow, whatever the word is. Okay. Bonfire. There you go. Bonfire. Yeah, there you go. The bar. Bonfire. Okay. So I'm going to make an attempt to uh, update. It only, takes a, it only takes a spark. We'll see how this goes. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around will warm up to its glowing. That's how it is with oneness. Once you've experienced it, you shine your light for everyone. You want to heal the world. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.